Hey, we're back at it again. Welcome back, Calvary students. We are week two remedy. So excited to be with y'all. I get so excited because every week, I don't know it's only week two, but it seems like we keep getting new faces. It seems like we keep getting old faces that we haven't seen in a while. And if you don't, so if you don't know me, my name's Eli. I'm the interim student minister here at Calvary. And I'm so excited and blessed and privileged to be with y'all tonight and to continue to be with y'all hopefully throughout the semester and, and for as long as God has me here. And uh, if you are new, don't forget, we have a gift for you. Please come find a leader. We want to bless you. We want to say, hey, we're so glad you're here. We want to connect with you. And you'll get more info with your C group leader when you go into C group uh, time tonight. So we are in a series uh, called Back At It, hence the beautiful uh, graphic that I did not design. Back At It. Okay, what does that mean? Last week we talked about getting back at it and talking about coming back to Jesus and what that looks like. Can anybody remember what the three points from last week were? Anybody? Okay, I'm going to go cry. I'll be right back. No. Okay, yeah. So we did talk about gather, grow, go. That's awesome. I love it. Um, the fir- uh, that's definitely part of it. So uh, the first thing that we talked about is that when we come back to Jesus, we're reminded of things, right? What are we reminded of? Does anybody remember? His power. When we come back to Jesus, we're reminded of his power, hence the story of the fish. When they casted the net, nothing came out, and then Jesus showed up, and then a bunch of fish came, right? When we come back to Jesus, we also what? Our remind, huh? His love. We're reminded of his love, right? When the disciples came out of the water, they had, he had a breakfast for them, and then lastly, when we come back to Jesus, we're reminded of his forgiveness, right? Peter, the person who betrayed him, who denied him three times, yet Jesus received him with open arms, loving him no matter what. And so tonight, right, if you didn't last week have a come back to Jesus moment, tonight you can have that too. But I also understand that it's kind of scary when we come back to Jesus and it can be intimidating because we've been gone for a while. Maybe we're a little rusty. Maybe we don't know, man, I haven't been with Jesus in a minute. I don't know what it's like to live with Jesus again. I don't know what it's like to even open my Bible. I don't know what it's like to uh, pray. I don't know what it's, and that's okay, right? Because that doesn't define your quality to Jesus, right? What defines you is what the Bible defines you as, right? What Jesus calls you, okay? He called Peter his disciple, right? If you've trusted and believed in Jesus, he calls you his disciple no matter what, forever and ever and ever. You are his. I don't care how much you've run away, right? The prodigal son story, if you've ever heard it, the son goes and squanders everything, but he comes back and the father is receiving him with open arms, right? So don't think that because you've been gone, you're not able to come back. When I was uh, in basketball, I love basketball. You know that probably by now. One of the scariest moments was coming back to school because I had just taken a whole summer of eating Takis, playing Call of Duty, eating more Takis, playing Guitar Hero, falling in love, and falling out of love, <laughs> right? So the whole summer, it's okay, I'm going to get married soon. The whole summer, uh, yeah, uh, the whole summer, right, I, I didn't do anything. That's not the point. Forget about it. I don't know why I said that. I just, <laughs> no, I do know what. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> man, I'm shooting myself in the foot. The point is I was scared because I hadn't done anything. So when we go back to basketball camp, I knew, oh my gosh, we're going to run and I'm going to throw up. Like I know I'm going to throw up because I haven't done anything. I'm scared to come back. I'm intimidated, right? Coach is going to see me. I'm going to shoot the ball. It's going to be an air ball. I'm going to shoot a layup. It's going to hit off the backboard and out the other side. Like I'm nervous. I'm, I'm scared, 
right? And usually it's because of the things from the summer that held me back, a.k.a. weight, a.k.a. complacency, laziness. Those are the things that held me back. And also a fear, fear of not proving to my coaches again that I'm going to be good enough to play on the basketball team, proving to my coach, a fear of, of not being able to prove to my coaches that, you know what, I'm still valuable, I'm still of worth. But I'm here to tell you again, when we come back to Jesus, he doesn't look at your past. He doesn't look at, at what you've done. He looks at someone whom he loves and is ready to push forward. Knowing Jesus helps us understand everything else in our life, right? And even though we've been away, we can come back. And some of you may be feeling that way tonight. You said, okay, Eli, fine. I'm ready to come back. Yeah, last week we talked about uh, being reminded of Jesus' forgiveness and his love and of his power. But now I want to come back. How, how do I do that? How can I come back to him? Well, there are three specific ways, and it's going to be based out of Philippians chapter 3. And this is Paul speaking to some peeps, to his fellow believers. And I'm going to read this. It says this, not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining forward toward what is ahead, I press on excuse me, toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us standing who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. The first thing I want us to know that we see in this passage is that when we come back to Jesus, that we are to come with humility. Come with humility. Now, uh, who, who knows what humility is? Yeah? Yeah, you want to, what is it, Valentina? <laughs> it's okay, I totally put you on the spot, right? So, so humility is coming with a sense of like, you, you're being humble. In other words, like you, you understand that, that, that you need help, right? Sometimes our pride doesn't allow us to ask for help. Right? Sometimes our pride doesn't allow us to, to uh, show people that we're broken. Sometimes our pride doesn't allow us to show people that we aren't good enough. We love Instagram to post the pictures, right? But like 10 seconds before, we're probably crying or something. We don't even know. But we don't like showing people that. But we come with humility. Notice what verse 12 says. It says, not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken a hold of it. So he's saying, I, I'm not saying I have it all together, guys. I'm not saying that I've already attained the goal. I'm not saying that I'm perfect or anything of that. But the thing is, Paul has every right to say that. Paul is the closest to the absolute perfect Christian in the history of Christians at this point in time. And so you think that the people listening to him are saying, wait, you're telling me, Paul, you literally like the, the person who's written almost of the entire New Testament of the Bible, you're saying that you don't have it all together. In the first 11 verses, Paul is talking about all his accomplishments. He's talking about everything, his, 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 where his family comes from, his roots, the, the, what God has used him for, and all these planting churches and all that. Yet he lasts, he lists all of those things, right? Yet he says, oh, no, 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 I don't have it together yet. 
I'm still not there yet. So if Paul, the person who is probably considered one of the greatest Christians, right, according to what we think of all time, is saying that he doesn't have it together, then what makes us think that we have it together? We need to be humble and understand that we'll never have it together. If you for one second think that you know everything about the Bible, you're wrong. You don't. Right? Some of y'all don't even know what a Bible looks like. You know what an app looks like, but you haven't opened one up because you have an app now, right? Some of y'all may think that Christianity is about trusting in Jesus, boom, boom, boom. You know, that's not it. That's not all of it, right? There's still things that we're called to do and be a part of. We're always consistently growing. But notice this is that a lot of people think of this verse and they think, well, I'm forgetting everything that's in the past. You know what's in the past? And I've said this before. That's why it sounds familiar is that in the past, yeah, there are bad things and you can forget about those bad things. But Paul is also saying, I'm forgetting about the accomplishments, forgetting about the good things. Like he doesn't want that to hold him back. Sometimes people, you know, Michael Jordan, again, the greatest of all time, right? Uh, he, he wasn't satisfied with one championship. So he went out and got six of them, Right? Tom Brady, I, I can't stand him, but he's the greatest quarterback of all time. I can't stand him, but Tom Brady is the GOAT. He's, he, they ask him, hey, what's your favorite Super Bowl ring? You know what his answer is? The next one. The next one's my favorite one. And you think about it and you're like, this guy understands what it means to leave what behind everything and continuing to press towards the goal. We celebrate, awesome. We also forget about the things that, that have shamed us and, and hurt us. We forget about it, but we always are consistently pressing forward through humility, understanding that none of this is because of us. It's all because of who God says he is. Not only that, we come with focus. We come with focus. Verse 14. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. How many of y'all have ever had a goal in life, right? Some of y'all are like, I want to get prestige 800 or something on Call of Duty. Like, that's my goal for the rest of my life. I'll never forget one time I had like this Xbox game and I, and I so wanted to like defeat it on every single level, like rookie, pro, all pro, like that was my goal. I never did it. <laughs> But, but it was a goal, and I was focused. I was determined to do it, right? And if we're determined to follow Jesus, then, then we, we need to come with a sense of focus. There's a prize at the end of it all. There's a prize that God has placed us or ha has, has given us for us to attain at the end of the day, at the end of, of, of the year, at the end of, of the next decade, at the end of our lives. There's goals. The biggest prize is Jesus, right? The biggest prize is Jesus. That, that's a no brainer. And the beautiful thing of it is that he came down to give us that price, right? Ephesians 2, 8, by grace, you have been saved. It's a gift of God. The most valuable thing that we've ever retained is Jesus. That is the prize. But this prize that he's also talking about, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. God has called everybody for something. Everybody has specific goals that God has placed in front of you. Some of y'all's smallest goals. God calls you to be a student right now. Right now you're thinking, what does God call me to be? 
Yes, a disciple maker. Yes, a follower of Jesus. Yes, someone who wants to love my friends and my classmates. But more than he's also calling you to be a student. Can you come with a sense of focus and saying, I'm going to honor God with my grades. You can do that. I'm going to honor God with my basketball skills. Right? On the court. Always directing towards who the glory belongs to. That's Jesus. Right? And the band. Every time I play a drum or, or I play the trumpet or trombone, whatever, that, that is, is showing people that God has blessed me. And I'm coming with a sense of focus and using these gifts and tools to glorify our God. And lastly, we come with obedience. Verse 15, all of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. We come with humility, we come with focus, and we come to Jesus with obedience. I have a puppy. His name is Cusco. One of the most annoying things ever is he'll grab a sock and he knows I hate that and he'll book it like he'll grab it he'll look at me like I have your sock bro I'm like dude and I take one step and you just boom he just books it I say come here come here nope he's not coming to me right and I get so angry because I just wanted to be obedient right I'm feeding this guy I'm letting I'm keeping this guy alive like you should obey me dude like I could not feed you anymore you could die I'm not going to do that, right? Because I love him. He's my little, my son, Cusco, right? But we need to come to Jesus with obedience, right? Like knowing that, that he's called us to something bigger. And if you don't think that way, I love this verse. And if on some point you think differently, God will make that clear to you. That is so scary. It's the scariest thing I think I've read in a while. Like, I'm reading this, and I'm like, okay, all of us who are mature should take such a view of things. Like, we should view it like this, right? We should view it the way that God calls us to view. But if at some point you think differently, don't worry. God's going to make it clear to you. Is he going to make it clear the easy way or the hard way? I don't know. But he's going to make it clear to you that we're called to be obedient. Okay, But we have an opportunity to not have to go through the struggle and make it harder on ourselves. We can come to Jesus right now. Right now. We can be obedient. Say, Lord, I'm ready to come back. I'm going to be humble and say, you know what? I need it. I'm broken. I've done some crazy stuff for this summer. I need your guidance. Okay? I'm going to be focused, Lord. I'm going to be focused on what you call me to do. I'm going to press on towards the goal, forgetting what lies behind and I'm going to obey you. I'm going to come with obedience, Jesus. I'm going to come back to you with obedience and understanding that you will make it clear to me either way. Not only that, we will live up to what we have already attained. To the, we will let us live up to what we have already attained, what we already know is the truth. Can we live up to the truth that we know that is found in Jesus? Are you, as you consider coming back to Jesus... What is something that's weighing you down that you need to leave behind in this life or right now in this moment? For some of you guys, it's as simple as 
I just need to let go of some anger. I can't come back to Jesus because I'm always angry. For some of y'all, it's shame. I can't come back to Jesus because I, I just, I'm too embarrassed about what I've done the past moments in my life, the past summer, the past two years. I haven't been in church in forever. Now, I can't come back to Jesus because I don't have it all together. Or maybe it's because, no, I feel like I've already done it all. I can't, I can't come back to Jesus because I've already been a perfect Christian. I've read the Bible 800 times. I can recite it. No. Always come back to Jesus. Whether or not we're going to come back. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. It doesn't say maybe. It says it's going to happen. Question is, what side are you going to be on when that happens? Let me pray for this. Father, I thank you so much for this time. Jesus, help us to come to you with humility, to come to you with uh, obedience, to come to you with focus, and, and allow us, Jesus, to sense your Holy Spirit, that it would convict us, that if there's anybody in this room that doesn't know you, that you would uh, reveal yourself to them right now, and they would see the truth of the matter is, that you're our only hope in this world. You're the only purpose that we have for life. There's nothing else. That the prize is you. And as we abide in you, Jesus, you will continue to guide us, shape us, and mold us. And yes, life will be hard at moments, but we cling to you. We rest in you, in your promises of peace, your promises of healing, Father, help us tonight to know you better. It's in your name we pray. Amen.